welcome to Meet Me Backstage. This is the podcast that celebrates the talented and inspiring people who work behind the scenes in the music industry all around the world. Meet the backstage stars who make the magic happen before the beat drops. Meet Me Backstage. Hi everyone, welcome to Meet Me Backstage with me, Nikki. So this week's guest works at a record label, which is where I first started, working at V2 Records as a receptionist. I'd always wanted to work at a record label, working in promotions across club promo, press and radio. I have a lot of fond memories of sitting on the floor doing vinyl mail-outs to club DJs, going to Medium in Cannes to do licensing deals and taking artists to TV shows like Top of the Pops. Also spending hours on motorways, driving up and down the country, visiting radio stations and taking new music for the radio DJs to play. And if an artist had a big hit, then I'd also have to take them on tour to do interviews, live performances and radio roadshows. Lots of great memories. Things have changed a lot since then in the way music is promoted and also how record labels work. And as we worked together recently on our album project, I thought it'd be great to chat to Matt King from Skint Records for his insights and to find out how he started working in the music industry. So thanks for joining me today, Matt. Uh, No worries. How are you doing? Yes, very well. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. All the better for seeing your face, of course. (laughs) So what are you working on at the label right now? Um, yeah, well, recent um, outings have been with Groove Armada and Roshi Murphy, which have been very exciting. Um, and yeah, Q4 has spent a lot of time gearing up for next year, really. So we're, we're, we're kind of closing those campaigns, work, working the back end of them and uh, gearing up for next year. So busy time for you. Busy time, yes. Um, yeah, scheduling's been difficult with, um, with the pandemic in the throes of it all it's uh you kind of your ambitions in january at the beginning of the year kind of went out the window by the time we went into lockdown so uh it's been yeah it's been it's been an interesting nine months <laughs> <laughs> yeah i bet it has i was going to ask you actually how the pandemic has changed the way you work on releases at the moment um well you know we obviously don't have clubs that uh, help prop up our records through the um, festival and ibiza seasons but we've engaged in other interactive platforms to make sure that our records are heard on live streams or through influencers where we see it appropriate. Um, some records, unfortunately, we've just had to move back until a new dawn comes. So have you had to be more innovative and uh, looking at new alternatives, ways of promoting and reaching your audience? Yes, well, there's been a, a massive um, highlight spotlight put on digital this year and, and, and working with companies that you'd kind of, you were looking at pre-pandemic going well it's interesting but I'm not quite sold on it yet but when there is no physical um contact and um and, and club life then online is is kind of your your main portal so we've embraced them and um I'm working closely with them on, on most records now so lots of new learnings then uh yes yeah and they've uh, it all feels positive um you know, despite everything, it's, uh, it has been fun and enjoyable to put records out. 
Cool. Well, that's at least there's something good come from it. Um, so tell me a bit more about your role at the label. So what do you do at the label and what is involved in uh, working on artist releases these days? Because I know things have changed a lot over the years. I work um, across various processes at the label um, from marketing, promotions, uh, digital and also A&R. Um, so I guess the most significant impact has been the importance of data and metrics um, to back up our campaigns. Um, and I guess that comes from this ac- access that like stores like Apple and Spotify give you to their, their back ends and, and, and the apps that are out there to gain knowledge on online statistics that consolidates all that information that's available at a click of a button. So people are able to share sort of viral information um, in real time. Um, and that, and it kind of, you know, that's what you need to back up a great record. The fundamentals are having a great record, but that's that. <laughs> so is the amount of time you'd work in advance of a record still the same? Well, um, no, I get, it's getting tighter and tighter. We, we like to have all our singles prepped um, four to five weeks out of release, but we won't mention them online until sort of two weeks, two, two weeks ahead, um, just because of, short attention spans and uh you know people people's desire for instant gratification they what they want to be able to listen to something in full or buy something by the time they know about it so um so very short lead times and we you know we've we've learned over the last few years to to, to buy into the on air whether it's called on air on sale um where we don't talk about any releases until the day which is very daunting but we we've uh, we've we embraced it. <laughs> now that's very interesting, isn't it? Because you mentioned earlier about having no club promo in the club, so that would be something that would lengthen your promo lead time. But when you don't have that to add into the mix, yeah, absolutely. I, the, when I started, it was kind of it was you know you'd go to club eight weeks ahead of release. You'd you'd, you'd launch the record eight weeks ahead of release with a pre-order, um, and, and you'd get eight weeks pre-sales before you, you'd even uh, come out the gates. So. Uh, yeah, it has significantly changed. It's, uh, I mean, that, that lead time's lessened by 75% at least. So with all the things that have changed, are there things that you mentioned data has made it easier? Are there any things that have made it easier or things that have also made it harder? Um, yeah, well, it, does, it goes back to the data and metric. It's, it, it's difficult to get above the noise, um, even with a good record, with, with, without those statistics now. Um, good records exist without them but they're rarer and rarer to find um the way that um stores work these days is they're slightly, they're slightly more self-fulfilling but it isn't as simple as that and uh and money certainly speaks when you're competing at a national level and is it harder um as well that you have to learn more platforms to promote on now because i guess before there wasn't a lot of social media and now there's a different platform to learn almost every year so you've got many more different areas that you need to learn about and know how to promote on yeah absolutely i think we we adapt with with every new generation i think they kind of um there's a there's a cycle of 13 years between formats so it was uh, on a, on average between vinyl to cd from CD to digital download, from download to streaming, it's an average cycle of about 13 years. And I think we're kind of three quarters of the way through streaming. So next up is probably like brainwaves triggering music. (laughs) And how do you find all the new social platforms to work on? You mentioned that you have to pick which one is right for your artist. So how do you navigate that? 
Well, we work, we work, you know, the legacy artists that we work with and um, that have a slightly more heritage, that the, the apps that are targeted towards sort of 13 to 20 year olds aren't particularly appropriate. So it's case by case. If we're, the younger artists, we, we go for younger technology, new apps. You know, when, um, when Snapchat came around, it was, it, everyone was running a campaign via Snapchat. And, um, and similarly with TikTok, and, you know, the, so there's influencers on there with billions of followers and uh, also cost an awful lot of money to, to work with. But it's, it's case by case, yeah. And is it easy to get your artist music on those platforms like TikTok? Um, it's not, no. It's uh, definitely, there's a, for, for me, it feels like there's an element of payola to it. You know, there's, you can obviously get it out to a wide range of influences that you might know or, or fans of the label that might help you for, and you, you kind of, I don't know, you swap trades for this, that and the other. But for the ones that are going to move the needle on stuff, it's just how much cash have you got? <laughs> which is kind of sad to hear really isn't it yeah it's as simple as that unfortunately they uh they, they all go through an agency or, or a management firm and um and charge a fee for a post so and how do you pick which ones is that really difficult if there's so many uh we well again it's it's all sort of tailored marketing and, and strategic um, picking they they will share with you their audience and where their audience lives and and you can and as i said earlier you at the click of a button you can kind of grab that information from a portal like chart metric or something so you can as if you can find out which of their influences match up with your target audience and, and, and go for that so very different from the club promo where you're picking djs who play the record because they love it to the crowd and they get the reaction yes it's, it's definitely um it's a lot more clinical. <laughs> <laughs> so but, God, uh, so as well as having to manage all this new, these new data streams that you have to analyze and figure out, I know you also work in a lot of territories when you're promoting your artist's music. Um, so how does that work and how do you manage that in, um, in the different territories with each artist? Uh, well, we're, we're lucky enough to have an international team at BMG that looks after our records outside of the UK. Um, previously at Skin, we would... We only had an office in the UK, so we'd license um, to partners outside of the UK and partner up with um, sort of Big Beat out in America or Spin In in Benelux and stuff like that. Um, but over at BMG, yeah, they've got an in-house, in-house international team. At, you know, and at the point of, of um, engaging with an artist to sign, we will highlight their key territories and work with that team to put together a promotions plot in those markets. So do you get to ch- travel to some of those places? Obviously not now during the pandemic, but do you also get to get involved in those uh, promotional activities? Um, I, we usually just leave it to the artist to do the travelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I stay, but I'm, I'm the pencil pusher. I stay behind the desk and make sure it all happens and they go out and do the, do the promo. I mean, there's occasions, obviously, um, the, the travelling for me is more for conferences and events or, or if we're going abroad to hook up with an artist that we're looking at. Um, going on promotions runs with artists is probably not good use of my time. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we've, we've met up in Ibiza sometimes, where, you know, when your artists are playing tunes out there, because you said the Ibiza club season is important to you. So hopefully we'll get out there again next year. Oh, fingers crossed, eh? It's been, it's been, a, been a lonely summer without it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so with all the bits you said about the label, um, do you think a label still plays an important role for an artist releasing music these days since so many people are self-releasing? 
Um, I de- yeah, 100%, I think so. Uh, the, you know, the definition of a record label is, it means so many things to different people. Um, you know, for, for me, as a, on a kind of personal level, it's just a, a collective of like-minded people committed to developing and promoting art with something that you're passionate about. Um, but for others, it's just a contract and a commitment of, of funding and money. And, and you know, out there in, in 2020, is that there's so many different opportunities as opposed to kind of, the, you know, the 70s where you'd be put on, you know, a low royalty rate and all the rest of it. You know, you can get your distribution deals, the artist service deals, rev share deals, investment deals, all the rest of it. And they're, they're, they, they're kind of, they've provided so many different kinds of platforms for people to release music and, and afford to release music. But, um, but uh, for me, it's, uh, it's kind of a, it's a friends and family thing. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, and it's a, a collective. Yeah, I was going to say your label and your team does feel more family-like, that, you know, there's a more closeness to what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and I think, uh, I, I think we, we, just, we work with people that we, we want to work with. We, we don't work with bullies and we don't work with people that, <laughs> you know, uh, are out there for themselves. And uh, I think we've we, we built a team and a roster that a testament to that. Oh, that's lovely to hear. And I keep saying that in all my interviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I, I do, yeah. So I used to do the skin podcast and I'd get about halfway through it and be like, scrap the whole thing. <laughs> oh, well, you have to start doing them again now. Yeah. Right, okay, let, let's get back on track. Um, and you mentioned you're just the pencil pusher. Now, I've worked with you and you're definitely more than that and get involved in so many different things. So definitely don't sell yourself short. So what is an average day for you like working at skin? Um, well, I mean, I have to say 60% of it is spent on Zoom these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, the Zoom has become very integral to all of our working lives. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we spent, we've, we spent that time uh, going through our records at market and making sure um, we're doing everything we can to get them a step further than they already are. Um, you know, making sure that our radio plots are looking healthy, if we've picked up the right press looks, all those kind of usual things, making sure our digital advertising strategy is working. And then beyond that, it's kind of it's split between, you know, business affairs and finance, making sure the fundamentals of our business are working and um, every, all the artists are being paid correctly and fairly. Um, the business is, is, is bringing enough money in. Um, and then... The fun part of it all is, is working with the artists on finessing records, searching for new music, sharing new music, whether it be via label playlists or just within the team, just getting a vibe from each other on what we think is good, what we think is going to be hot in six months' time, where the zeitgeist is, and, uh, and getting your hands dirty in the studio. <laughs> That sounds pretty hectic. So how do you fit all that in? I mean, working in the music industry tends to always have long hours, doesn't it? So how do you manage that and your work-life balance? Um, they come hand in hand. <laughs> I haven't figured out if that's a good or a bad thing yet, but uh, <laughs> at the moment I'm taking it as a good thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot, of my, a lot of people outside of my work environment, you know, what, what, want to be a part, I want to be a part of it. It's an exciting scene, you know. The club club, club scene is is thriving and is amazing, and and uh, the experiences that you get with with, with club music and electronic music are are, um, are life affirming. Um, so a lot a lot of people that I know outside of work want to be part of it, um, and also those kind of out out of office hours that I spend with Skint are spent having, you know, they're not they're not 
it's not, you know, it's, it's fun. It's the, I get to go to, it's gigging, it's meeting up with artists, it's meeting up with agents, like, um, managers and all the rest of it. And um, again, it's all part of that friends and family like-mindedness. So it, it all feels kind of, feels like, like, you know, a nice life. Yeah, that's true. I guess we all do it because we love it, don't we? The passion's there. But I guess we're all missing that social interaction aspect right now. We massively are. And uh, the, the thought of it not coming around for another five to six months at minimum is um, quite terrifying, especially through um, when the clocks go back in a few weeks' time. <laughs> yeah, when the, the nights get darker. Well, yeah, I guess we'll just have to be brave and keep going to those socially distanced events and making it work somehow. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so how long have you been at Skint now? Um, obviously, you, really, you just said you really enjoy what you do in the team. So what is it you love about your job most? Um, well, I, I checked my LinkedIn before I uh, got into this uh, interview. <laughs> it, says, it says eight years. But uh, we, we, we dropped out in t- uh, 2014 when the label was sold to BMG and then had two years hiatus where I was, um, I was at various sort of Brighton music institutions, uh, including a distributor and another label, and, and ran a couple of my own labels at the time. Um, but then came back two years later in 2016 to restart um so yeah it's, it's been a long time it's been uh, it's thoroughly enjoyable I, I, I do love my job but it's um it's probably the best job in the world <laughs> oh, <that laughs> and, um, I, th- I guess the best part about it is work getting to work with people that inspire me um you know from all corners of the sort of the electronic music community there's always somebody every other day that will inspire me to go further with it perfect job then (laughs) 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 and also you mentioned earlier about um you know looking for new artists and stuff so is there anybody new at the moment that you've recently signed that you're working with that's been inspiring you yeah we um just last weekend um i went up to bristol and signed an artist called absolute who I I've met through Maya Jane Coles, who we work with, and um, probably sort of th- four, three or four years ago. Um, <clears throat> and I've just been kind of following his his, tra- his his steps for the lot since then. And and we kind of we came up with a, a formula earlier in the year of how we could or couldn't move this relationship forward. And um, and so yeah, we, did, we we signed him last week, and we've got a mixtape coming next year. Um, and it's got some very exciting collaborations on there. It's not just a traditional, um, uh, you know, format for releasing music. There's going to be remixes of other artists on this mixtape. There's going to be covers. There's going to be uh, there's, um, versions. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it. Well, I can't wait to check that out. So does that give you um, huge job satisfaction then when you find someone new and then you're able to help them in their career and then they end up going on to other successes? Yeah, massively. I mean, it's probably one of the biggest perks of the job seeing it go from from one from A to Z. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's fantastic. And obviously, I've been lucky enough to witness and uh, see some of them when we've been doing the streams together. Of course, yes, we've had lots of fun with those, and thank you to you and uh, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> 
behind the scenes making those work they're not easy are they no honestly when you know when you see the videos pop up online you think oh yeah that's easy but then you realize that someone has to sit there behind it making sure it doesn't cut cross posting doing all these things so basically you're giving away you know three or four hours of your evening to oversee those you know so it isn't quite as easy as it just popping up on facebook (laughs) not at all and uh obviously all the people involved filming it and getting all the text back together and all the rest of it uh, or, um, yeah, there's loads of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've also worked with Denton Pico on that uh, on that live stream. Um, we've got their album, their debut album coming out um, and the, at the beginning of December. Um, yeah, that's been, that's been a, a really fun. Well, you know, that's been one of those artists that have been hit by the pandemic. We 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 geared up for a for a for an album this summer with a with a huge album tour in place uh, for it all to be pulled under our you know, put the, the rug pulled up from under our feet. So that was, um, yeah, it was quite upsetting, but we've, we've turned it around. We've got the record releasing and we've got huge plans for 21. So uh, it's all coming together now. You'll make it good in the end, I'm sure. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> As always. So anyway, we talked about a lot of the things you love about your job. So there must be things that are quite difficult and are hard too. So what are those? Are you going to tell me about any of those? <laughs> yeah, I guess the, the probably the hardest thing for us or for me specifically would be um dealing with the emotions of 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 records and releases and artists that 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 don't do as well as they could do um because ultimately we're we're in the business of dealing with somebody's art which is very close and personal to them Mm. so when something falls short of your ambition it can hurt and um and, and that is why it's quite important to set those ambitions out at the beginning um, but you know, in, in order to be in business, you want to be optimistic. That's kind of part of the game. But it's uh, yeah, it's difficult when it doesn't work out, and you've got to move on. So um, yeah, yeah. So difficult managing people's expectations. Yes, absolutely. When I'm working at festivals, actually, when uh, you know you get lots of media wanting interviews and things, and obviously the artists say no, and you can't help them. I always say I'm managing people's disappointment. Right. <laughs> well, it's difficult, isn't it? It does really sting, and it's the thing that you take back to bed with you, and um, and and it stops you from sleeping. That's the one thing that keeps me up at night. Yeah, sure. Because you just yeah, you say you don't want to hurt people's feelings or let people yeah. down. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, from the heart, Matt. From the heart, we like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so then, had you always wanted to work in the music industry thing? I mean, what did you study at uni? Uh, well, I studied music and media at Brighton. Um, um, whilst I, whilst I was at Brighton, I wanted to be a journalist, um, and I was kind of a bit of a, still a bit of a punk at that point, and so I was kind of leaning towards more the sort of Kerrang and NME side as opposed to mixed man and DJ man. Wow, you never told me that, <laughs> punk Matt. I'd like to see some of those pictures. Yeah, well, absolutely. So, um, so it was, uh, it, yeah. I, the record label thing happened halfway through university, and it's been so far so good. And is that what you, your first job after uni then? Was that at a record label? Yeah, I was running a club night in Brighton um, whilst I was at uni. And that kind of got me through the doors at Skint. Um, and so I kind of, I, I, I joined as an intern on my uh, final year and uh, was kind of 50-50 between university and working at, at Skint by, uh, 
by by the halfway through the year of, uh, of my final year, which probably was a gracious bit, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was a perfect start then, wasn't it? You know? it was, yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably, it's definitely been that, the, the, the most important part of my career, I would say. Yeah, so when you first started as well, did you find any challenges? You know, was it difficult to learn? Um, did you get training on the job or were you expected just to kind of use your own initiative and get on with it? Um, well, I think I was very lucky with, with you know, landing, landing on my feet there. Um, I, I worked as an intern for about a year before I was paid. Um, um, and I think that the internship programs changed somewhat since since then i think um it's become a bit of a dirty word hasn't it um but yeah i mean i think we've all worked for free for loads exactly. of months to try and get where we are back in the day didn't exactly. we you did all kinds of things just to get your foot in the door yeah it did, it did me the world of good so um i'm not complaining <laughs> <laughs> so it worked for you all good <laughs> see internships still work anyone who's listening <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, um, looking back on your career, then of obviously from you know all the things you've done, is there a moment in your career you're most proud of, or an achievement that means a lot to you? I think I guess the mo- the first like real highlight was getting your first top ten record. Um, and I think I was I was made made my way to product manager at Skin, and um, we had we went to number three in a singles chart with Eat Sleep Wave Repeat. That was very exciting. Um, and then, but outside of record successes, you know, the, 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 the most exciting parts are those kind of, those club night moments when you're with your artist and your team um, and they're playing a kind of a priority event um, that, 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 that has been like years in, or, or a year or so in the making. And you've had a su- successful campaign and you're all, you're, you're all there enjoying it together that's good they, those are kind of like the, the, the most exciting parts i find you know i can think of sort of various various moments from last year when you're you're in a, a packed out sweaty club with your, your your entire team behind you and your artist in front of you um celebrating what's been a really successful um campaign together oh that's a really lovely idea that most of your moments are ones that you've shared with the team yeah there's that that that, that, that element of togetherness and uh, yeah, you're on cloud nine when the record connects and you can celebrate with people that you're on that journey with. Yeah. So here's to more of those for sure. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned some of your favorite moments there. So any um, artists you've worked with uh, that are favorites or is there an artist that you haven't worked with yet that you'd really like to? Uh, well, I, I, it's, it's difficult to isolate uh, um, artists for obvious reasons, but I guess, you know, consistently been had a humble relationship and a, and a really strong working relationship with, with Maya Jane Coles, uh, Joris Vaughan, um, Groove Armada and Roisin Murphy. They, they, those guys have kind of, we've stuck through thick and, thick and thin and it's, um, and we still love each other. <laughs> oh, that's good. Cause <laughs> <laughs> it's always the case. Um, but, um, but I get, and you know, someone I would like to work with probably to be honest, it wouldn't be someone in club music. Like the eyes that they, if if I had a kind of room one oh one artist I'd want to work with, I'd probably want to sign a metal band just to <laughs> <laughs> just to try something different. And like, you know, I I had um I had my eye on Mar- Marilyn Manson when he left his cooking vinyl deal like twelve twelve or eighteen months ago. Okay. Uh but the but uh, BMG wouldn't let me pursue it. <laughs> <laughs> 
because they saw me as the uh, the dance guy, as because I'm the dance guy. So, um, so unfortunately, it went elsewhere. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> that kind of room one hundred and one signing that 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 would be you know quite a, a, an exciting thing to do would be something else outside of club music. Yeah, I mean, I, as you know, I'm a, like a really massive Depeche Mode fan, so I would obviously love to work with them in some capacity in my career sometime. So maybe, you know, my friend always said, if you write it down, you're nearer to it happening. So I write it down a lot, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> uh, they've still got an album in the left, haven't they? I'm sure they have. <laughs> um, so what do you think the next few months are going to be like for you then? What have you got on that you're working on? Um, I need a holiday. oh yeah i think we all do don't we yeah it's been a very intense like summer um working from the top of my staircase um with with little to no human interaction but but loads going on uh what what a bizarre thing to have to go through so um so uh, yeah truthfully it's like (laughs) trying to trying to slow the schedule down for the rest of the year and and um and look after myself for a little bit it's uh it's but it's probably just as important as having a successful career is for you know looking after yourself so this is true obviously we mentioned about work-life balance before so hopefully you're able to manage that a little bit if you're not traveling so much and going through airports so but we we always forget about that we're always great at giving out advice but taking it's obviously we're not so good at <laughs> yeah absolutely well i've got my eye on the travel corridor so which ones with no quarantine exactly yeah so do you not have any big releases coming up for christmas like a lot of labels do or you just scheduling stuff in for next year now uh well it's q4 is a really busy time for the bmg as a label group you know they get the kind of um we've got kylie minogue coming out katie melua stuff like that and um and it's not the kind of it's not the best time to release a club records quite frankly so we kind of we usually hold them the, the, the big records until sort of march uh springtime next year where you can kind of get them into clubs get well if clubs open again get them into the summer and then use the summer to cross them over um so we've got some sort of the back end of campaigns that are already running right now um and then a, a few odds and sods coming out between now and december but uh it's a, a lot of Q4 for, for our label, Skin specifically, is spent planning next year. Okay, so all your hard work on Groove Armada and Rishi Murphy in the last few months, you'll hopefully have a chance to have a little rest and kind of get set for 2021. That's the plan. <laughs> Whether it will happen or not. Yeah. Depends yeah. if you make any more signings, I guess. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I can be my um, my own worst enemy with those things. <laughs> <laughs> Giving yourself too much to do. Yeah. So let's kind of finish up on uh, any advice you would give someone who wants to work at a label and follow in your footsteps. Uh, I'd say um, just show you know passion and dedication to to, to to music. I think something we highlighted earlier was sort of you got all these tools at the end of your fingertips. Go and go and become a run a youtube channel or or an influencer channel on, on instagram all of these things are right there and available for you to do and um some of the biggest success stories like ukf would kind of come out of someone's bedroom you know just somebody sharing music he likes on a, on a channel has um developed into not only his own career but employed so many other people in the arts so that yeah i'd, I'd get busy and and, uh, and show your love online 
Good advice. So look, thanks so much for your time, Matt. It's so lovely to talk to you as always. Hopefully we'll get to work together again at some point soon. And, uh, and, and, yeah, and also uh, have some drinks together in Ibiza at some point. Oh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Oh, thanks so much, Matt. Bye. Very well, Lots of love. You've been listening to Meet Me Backstage. Make sure you subscribe for more conversations with backstage stars working behind the scenes in the music industry around the world.